One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your strap bags up. Join me, hot. Alright gang, welcome to Rockin' All Week with You, a Happy Days podcast, episode 20, or season 2, episode 12. I always lose track and I don't write it down, I don't know why I do that. But yeah, this is, we're, we're 20 episodes into the podcast and we are on the final episode of our discussion of season 2, 1974 to 1975. I think... I'm fairly certain, although I could be horribly wrong about that, that we discussed all sort of the background on, on where sort of the show was at this point back at, when Fonzie gets married. So we're knowing that at this point, as the show is ending, and I mentioned this last time, we will mention it again when I give you the, the air dates, that it kind of seems a bit like the show might be going off the air at this point. Uh, obviously it doesn't. Obviously there are 11 seasons, and um, yeah, there there's a lot left to go in this show. But yeah, we do know that the 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 ratings were rough because it was up against Good Times, and I told you the Fred Silverman story and everything like that. And so I, I might mention that again briefly by the end. But I, th- I feel like I covered it. I, I don't want to I don't want to repeat myself here because I want to dive on in to the final two episodes of season two. We've got Kiss Me Sickly which aired on April 29th, 1975, and going to Chicago, May 6th, 1975. And that's sort of the worrisome thing there, is the month and a half gap in between uh, Kiss Me Sickly and the previous uh, episode, Richie's Flip Side. Normally shows at this time, the, the episodes came out one right after the other, one right after the other. You, you'll see that as the seasons go along. So to have a month and a half break, I don't know for certain, but kind of implies to me that I doubt they were putting other shows in the space or anything like that. But I don't know why they would have waited so long to show the remaining two episodes of the season. They're, you know, they're they're fine episodes. You know, they're not uh, they're not disgraces to hide them away. So why why didn't they air? I don't know. Maybe they maybe they knew that like the Fonz was becoming more popular or something so they they spent a month and a half just showing Fonz related episodes I don't know uh, but it, it is what it is directed by George Tyne oh I'm sorry Kiss Kiss Me Sickly uh, directed by George Tyne teleplayed by James Ritz and Michael Weinberger story by Paul Lichtman Lichtman L-I-C-H-T-M-A-N and Howard Storm the oncoming Howard Storm so yeah, this is the penultimate episode of the season. Um, kiss, kiss me, kiss me, uh, sickly, and let us uh, let me play a little bit of this, and we will uh, uh, come back and discuss it on the other side. Mm, kiss me quick, while we still have this feeling. Hold me close and never let. Cause I love you so, love you so, love you so. Mm, Kiss 
At Jefferson High School, which occasionally looks more like a um, Los Angeles, California uh, high school, the way it's laid out, than a school in Milwaukee where things get cold and you want to keep everything inside, um, looks. Uh, 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 Richie and uh, Ralph and Potsy are going to play touch football with the girls' hockey team. Unfortunately, we don't learn more of it uh, apart from that, but that's what they're going to do when the Fonz calls Richie over. The Fonz is going to Ra- Rockford, Radford, Rock, someplace or other, uh, to go to a week-long demolition derby where he is going to run a car into a brick wall for the garage he works for. He asks Richie to watch over his girlfriend, Denise, played by, oh gosh, is it um, uh, Lorette Spang? Spang, is that right? I've never said her name out loud. She was in a lot of stuff. She was in a lot of Glenn A. Larson stuff. She was in um, Battlestar Galactica. I know her best as she is Snow White in Snow White and the Seven Lady Truckers. The two-parter that begins the second season of BJ and the Bear, and she's delightful. She's she's blonde. She's 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 lovely. Um, this one she plays Denise Hudson, the Fonz's girlfriend of two weeks. Who um, he says, "Rich, I don't want anyone, uh, you know, honing in on my territory. Watch over Denise." Denise isn't happy about this and decides that she's going to see how good of a friend Richie is, and she gives it her all with. Um, Looking good, being flirty, um, nice perfume, uh, uh, sexy dress. Well, you know, as sexy as a dress could be, circa 1957, 1958. And eventually, Richie succumbs and begins to kiss her at, like, Inspiration Point or something like that. Yeah, it's Inspiration Point. Um, unfortunately, uh, several days later, Richie learns that she has mono. And so he thinks he has mono. And not only is he worried that he might have mono, but now, you know, obviously he's going to have to tell Fonzie that he made out with his girlfriend, and this might not go well. Kiss Me Sickly. Uh, Kiss Me Quick? I don't know. Um, uh, uh, Love Me Deadly? Kiss Me Quick? I don't know. All these these could be in there. Um, it's It's... I like it. I, li- I like the episode. And and I think the reason why I like the episode... Well, one of the things that I find weird about it is they bring in Denise's character. And for the first half of the episode, she's... I don't know that she's featured heavily, but she is featured. But then the moment it's like, oh, didn't you hear Denise has mono? She's gone. She's gone. She's no longer in the thing. Which kind of makes you say, okay, so it wasn't about Denise. It was about something else. And in the end, the episode's about Richie. And uh, what is it? Um, The Fonz is something like, steady chicks are here today. Steady friends are here to stay. Or something like that. So, um, and I actually had one of the first scripts I wrote back in the day when I was trying to to break through. And I still would love to, if anyone's um, uh, with my scripts and things. But it was Friends, Lovers, and Roommates. And the tagline for that was, um, uh, Lovers come and go, good friends are forever, and roommates are always annoying. And, and that's, I didn't realize that. Sort of the same, uh, sort of the same uh, thing here. And... Um, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's really is about uh, it it's it's a it's about the closing scene. There's a closing scene where Richie and Fonzie are in the men's room in Arnold's Fonzie's office, and Richie tells the Fonz what happened. Well, actually, Ralph blurts it out, and then the Fonz clearly likes Richie very much, 
and in, in, in and in fact at the at the end of all of it when things resolve themselves and he's going to say bring them back out into the world outside of the toilets he says come on my friend or something like that he says come with me my friend which is a really sweet moment um and it's it's just a great thing because i think at the end of the season because the fonz is only in the next episode going to chicago briefly as as i think i've said before only mr c and the fonz are in every episode but there are a few episodes like the next one where the fonz and mr c are only in it for a couple of moments but but this is kind of the closing moment for a for a um a year that started with the fonz still being kind of on the outs a bit and then the christmas episode and now here it's very much richie has i mean yeah denise was very persuasive and i would have probably done the same um uh, maybe not um but 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 he and richie does you know he does want to tell fonzie what he did which is his stand-up kind of thing and the fonz clearly doesn't want to belt richie or beat beat him um but he has to because of the code and they try to come up with loopholes and it's a sorted you know it's not quite like um you know, like the the end of say life of Brian, where like Brian, as they're about to crucify him, he gets like ten outs, um, but but he keeps missing each one of them. Uh, you know, th- this is sort of like like Richie has a few outs, and the Fonz is trying to give him all of them, and then and then in the end, um, we'll talk about what happens in the end. It's actually very clever. I think it's a very clever um, uh, uh, fi- uh, sequence. Uh, it's not the final sequence, but but the 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 climactic sequence in the in Fonzie's office. And yeah, so so that's what the episode is about, and and I think the reason why I love this episode is because again, it's one of those when I heard the premise, it was like, ooh, that um, that doesn't sound too thrilling. But the the great thing about it is I don't know if it's because it had two writers and then two more writers, which me to me implies that the the initial writers, the story by writers, probably maybe even maybe wrote an initial script. And then for some reason it wasn't used. Maybe it was, maybe it was from the first season, and it didn't quite fit. So they had to kind of rewrite it or something like that. And um, and so the second batch of writers came in, or maybe it, maybe it was for another show. Maybe maybe it was from something in the fifties. I mean, there's a point where Mister C says, "I've seen enough episodes of Father Knows Best, Richie, to know that something's going on." So I'd love to know the story uh, behind it, um, but. So, so what we have here, my friends, is an episode that is is lots of fun because it does keep sort of shifting. It begins with the touch football with the hockey team, and then watch over my girlfriend. Okay, how's this going to go? And then Denise saying, "I'm going to get Richie to make out with me," and then that goes on for a bit, but not too long. And then suddenly it's like, "Oh my gosh, the mono!" And then you learn that he's been making out with her all week. And then it's, "Oh my gosh, you're going to have to meet the Fonz." And oh boy, and Wendy shows up. Hooray! Um, I don't. Does Marsha? I guess Marsha's gone, huh? But this was Wendy. Wendy's in this one, and it's great to see Wendy in this one. And and don't worry that this. I think this is Wendy's last one. That's why God invented hee haw. So, um, it's yeah, it's it's tricky because the episode. Every five six minutes, it it not not quite, but it, it kind of shifts to another. It goes to another place. It it um it focuses on it. It almost feels like like it's a like a twenty 
two short films from Springfield or, or Tales of Interest, the Futurama episode or like the League of Gentlemen's Christmas uh, episode or or um, or even a sitcom with an A, B, and C plot where it keeps jumping from one to the other. But this one, it's more linear. So it's sort of like every few minutes it goes from, okay, now it cares about this. Now it cares about that. You know, and there's this big run when like, when Denise sort of shows up, when Denise shows up and it's clearly all over Richie, the scene isn't about Denise and Richie. It's about Joni and Mr. and Mrs. C's reaction to it. Oh, they're doing kissy kissy. Mary, you want to do some kissy kissy? You know, and, and it's all about, it's about that. It's not about Denise and Richie. The, the only time it's really about Denise and Richie is the scene when they do kiss, which is not a big scene. And, th- and then the next scene is about like the mono. And then the next scene is, you know, uh, uh, um, the, a long run where Richie trying to not let his family like breathe what he's breathing and, or, or drink out of his glass or something like that. So, and then, and then the scene with the Fonz and it keeps, and then the final scene is like a more about, uh, Joni dealing cards slowly than anything. I love the fact, I love that every few minutes, it seems to be focusing on something, even though the plot line goes right through. Even it, it's almost it's almost like, you know, the, the, the train goes from A to B in a straight line. But if you actually keep a closer eye on it, it it's actually doing more like an A to Z and it hits all these little spots as it goes. So it's super fun because of that. Um, it, it was actually the second time I watched it through for this that I was like, Oh, that's why I enjoyed this episode. Because I think if it had all been the focus on the mono and the fonts and everything, I think it would have been less funny. But it's 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 Richie trying to keep his glasses away. Oh, don't drink from that. That's my favorite glass. And and Mr. C and Joni are like, what is he talking about? But Mrs. C is like, oh, I used to have a favorite glass. It had Valentino on it. Howard, every boy is entitled to his favorite glass. And it's just these silly silly bits that go all over the place and it's it's charming and it's um it's almost schizophrenically <laughs> sort of written um but um it's 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 very modern written in that it's it's very quickly it's swiftly paced but it doesn't like i said it doesn't doesn't cover a thousand miles of ground well actually it covers a week um, and it doesn't cover th- two or three different stories or three or four different stories. It's just one story. It's just each scene, you don't quite know where the focus is going to be. You know, whether it's like the scene with the introduction of the, the mono um, where Denise's friend mentions it. You know, uh, you get Richie's responses, but you also get Ralph with like a train conductor's hat, like he's he's um, he's on Petticoat Junction and he's he's riding riding with um, with the guys in the Cannonball, you know. And and then when when Richie is is saying that he feels a bit like he has mono, Ron Howard doesn't look well at all, and, and everyone's doing shtick, and it's it's lots it's lots of fun. I you know I can't I can't say this is my uh, absolute favorite episode of the season. But for being one where I was like, I don't, um, I, I'm not terribly looking forward to this one. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's break uh, a few bits out. Now, now I want to hop to the final scene. Spoiler, um, Richie and, and Fonzie are still friends in the end. Um, I do like, um, I do like, I was just going to say that when um, Joni is making, 
lemonade and she has a spoonful of lemonade and she says, Richie, could you taste this to see if it's too sweet? And he says, what, from the spoon? And she says, no, from my ear, which I like. Let me, let me go to the end. So, yeah, so Fonz learns what happened and he keeps coming up with loopholes like, wait a minute, Monday night, I, I went out on a date with this starter at the Demolition Derby. So technically, if you started making out with Denise on Tuesday, then, you know, she was a free gal for a day. So you're all right. That's a loophole. Um, uh, but then something else came. Oh, it's re- Fonzie's reputation. and So it's a really great scene because obviously, like I said, Richie is knows he did wrong and is willing to take whatever sort of the punishment that the Fonz believes has to be doled out. But the Fonz clearly doesn't want to punish Richie. He's clearly like, Richie, you're my pal now. Which is, you know, I'm going to mention something dating-wise, which seems to possibly put this episode... um, Look at the pictures of everyone in the hallway, by the way, when Mr. C... And Mr. C's responses to Richie, like, what is wrong with you, are great. But look at the pictures in the hallway. Um, Now, having said that... um, because uh, there there will be a bit that I'll mention in a moment that seems to throw everything back a few years, um, which doesn't make sense at all for the way Richie and Fonzie are, and doesn't make sense at all for the sort of backbone that I the the person on the show who I think is sort of the backbone of the show, um, what happens there. So, um, so there's a great thing they do in that final scene, which I didn't catch the second time I watched it, but. So uh, Richie and Fonzie are in the restroom talking. And there's a comedy rule. I don't know that it's a rule, but it's something everyone refers to. And it's something everyone's been doing for ages. It's the rule of thirds, the rule of three. And that's um, that three is the magic number to um, really bring the funny. You can, do, you can do two. You could do four. Uh, but three is kind of the magic number. Uh, now, is is that true? Is that not? Mm, I don't know. I've used that a lot in my writing. I've probably used that a lot when I've been talking to you all. But but the rule of the three is basically, it's something like, um, um, I was going to say the rule of three, when I think of it right off the top of my head, is something like, um, uh, get smart, you know? Uh, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Smart in, in one hour, our top secret naval underwater base is going to launch a missile that will destroy the United States. Well, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Why not? Would you believe we have 12 nuclear submarines converging on this base and they will be here in 15 minutes? I find that hard to believe. Would you believe we have six battleships that will be converging on this base in about 45 minutes? I don't believe that either. Would you believe a St. Bernard in a rowboat with a duck? That kind of thing. I was going to say, too, another thing like, uh, but I don't remember how many times this happened, like National Lampoon's European Vacation, Eric Idle's cyclist, who they keep running into, but he may get hit four times, which may be a rule of four, which is an extension of the rule of three. But you, you know it, it's just like when you when you say, you know, um, it's, just, it's just three things. And this is a great example of this because, and, and I won't go too crazy, um, but as they're in there, so, so, so the Fonz learns what's going on, and suddenly a guy comes in and he wants to go into the stall. 
and the Fonz is like, what are you doing? Uh, no, I'm not listening. I just got to go, no, no, get out of here. Get out of here. But I got to go, get out of here. And he throws him out. And everyone laughs, and it's a bit of a tension breaker because the Fonz and Rich are getting, it's getting a little tense. It builds and builds again. And the guy comes back and is like, I got to go. And the Fonz like pushes him out. Use the gas station. It's two blocks away. Get out of here. That's a little tension breaker, and it's nice. And then right at the point when the Fonz is like, okay, we got a loophole to get you out of it, but I have to, um, what about my reputation? Richie has kind of been slightly backed up by the Fonz into uh, a, the corner um, in, in between the door and the, the, the wall of the stall. And all of a sudden, the guy comes back for a third time and says, the gas station is closed. And the door hits Richie full in the face. And the Fonz says, get in there. And the guy goes in the stall. And that that time has the door gives Richie a black eye. And they're able to use that black eye because no one believes that Richie got hit with the door. Everyone believes that the Fonz did it. Misty Rowe, Wendy, is very unhappy and and gets Richie some something to, to eat and and um and but it's 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 nice because that's a beautiful rule of of three rule of thirds rule of three comedy bit right there which also diffuses a situation which that if 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 no one came in during that scene it would possibly be a little too tense or a little too unpleasant for these two guys who are now kind of super friends, but aren't quite fully admitting it. And yeah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna argue. I, th- I think it's a great scene. I think it's, I think it's really nicely done. I think that guy who keeps coming in and out of there, he's a, you know, he ain't a nerd, uh, but he could be. Uh, I do like that the Fonz calls Ralph a nerd in the end, and I think, I think it works. I think it's a good. I think I think it's really nicely done. It's a, it's a really nicely done episode. Now, is is it too bad that Denise sort of vanishes at the halfway point? Um, she herself says she was only going out with Fonz for two weeks, and she calls him a creep. Uh, I think she calls him a creep. Uh, so not really. I don't think. Um, is it too bad that 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 the actress isn't back? I always like her. It was nice to see her back, but. But the show at this point is developing the characters, and um, I think it's it's okay. Yeah. So, so this is the yeah the the penultimate episode. I'm trying to keep this one a little bit lighter. I I, I feel like I may have been repeating myself a bit on on previous ones. So I'm gonna try to just. Oh, I got. I think one more thing, maybe two. Mister C is looking at something. It could be the TV guy because we had the TV guide out at this point, and. He's looking at what's on television. He says, My Little Margie or the L- Loretta Young Show. And then later on, Joni mentions Maverick. All of these work for the time period I think we're in, which is spring or autumn. School is in session, 58. Except Margie. My Little Margie went off the air in 1955. So I'm not 100% certain. Hmm. Because Loretta Young is like 55 to 61 or something. And Maverick, I forget when it is. But but that's kind of later on in the episode. I don't... Um, yeah, the My Little Margie thing is is, is tricky to me. I, I don't quite know how to justify that. Um, so And again, you're, I know you're saying, Dan, it's a Fantasia. You know, it's, uh, it's not meant to be a specific time period. 
and you are correct-ish for this time, except for the fact that soon we're going to have specific times that are brought up. And I'll mention it, Joni. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but Spike, the Spike episode earlier in the season, Joni is 11. In this episode, she is said to be 12. And the Spike episode, I think we dated to around sometime in late 57-ish. And so Joni, this, Joni would be nine. But, and, and that ain't right. That ain't right. Uh, so, so it's funny that I think it's a fun, I think it's Mr. C just goofing. I think it's Mr. C making something up because the Loretta Young episode, I looked it up, Loretta Young, it's a Loretta Young show with Forrest Tucker. And there is no, there is no Loretta Young episode show with Forrest Tucker that I could find. And the goofy plot synopsis he gives for My Little Margie, something about someone getting a tuba stuck on their head, um, makes me think that he's making it up. I think he's just kind of making it up, and they're all distracted by how sort of like how Denise is kind of squeezing up against Richie and stuff like that. And, and Joni's face as she's watching them kind of squeezing up against each other is hilarious. And Mr. And Mrs. C response in the kitchen is is great. And but yeah, so there is my little Margie, which completely throws off the timing. But then um, Joni's saying she's twelve when previously she said she's eleven means we have advanced beyond. And obviously in the first season we were hearing number one hits from Elvis, which didn't happen until fifty six. So I think my little Margie is. Maybe they were having some sort of we, you know. Maybe there was a thing where it's like there was a letter write write in kind of campaign, and we want Margie back, and they brought Margie back for a brief time in nineteen fifty eight. I don't know. Maybe that's when margarine was invented, and they brought my little. Mar- I don't know, but I can't. I can't fully find figure out in my mind how that works. But I'm sticking with fifty eight autumn, or I'm gonna stick with spring. Um, hey, you want to uh, make some kissy kissy? I think that's about all I have for Kiss Me Sickly. It's a fun episode. What What would you prefer? Um, uh, uh, we'll end with um, Richie saying, "Oh, Denise, I don't know. I think I'm going to regret this in the morning." What would you? What do you prefer? Regret or lips? Lips. Agreed. I probably generally end up more with regret, though. That's just me. You know me. So that is Kiss Me Sickly, the penultimate episode of the season. Next up is Going to Chicago. And this is kind of interesting because this episode, which aired on May 6, 1975, I was almost two, is directed by George Tyne. And written by Frank Buxton, who had directed several episodes of the show. So, boop, he's ho- he's hopping up there. That's that's cool. So, let us um, listen to this, and um, we'll be back talking the season finale of episode two, the 39th, right? Episode of Happy Days, going to Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, that toddling town Chicago, Chicago, I will show you around I love it, bet your bottom dollar you lose the blues In Chicago, Chicago, the town that Billy Sunday couldn't shut down 
On State Street, that great street, I just want to say. Here we are, folks. The end of season two, going to Chicago. The last one of the season. As I said, directed by George Tyne and written by one of the directors, Frank Buxton, which is interesting. He writes a pretty darn good episode. It's kind of an amalgam of things we've seen before in the show, except this time it's Richie, Potsy, and Ralph far from home. Well, three-hour drive from home. I don't know, on a school bus. I didn't actually look to see what the distance is between Milwaukee and Chicago, but three hours... 150 miles, I don't know, something like that. It's just a guess. Uh, between 100 200 miles. And the uh, plot line uh, uh, story behind this one is um, um, the suddenly the three guys are in the choir. What will they be part of next? And they're going to Chicago to appear on an uh, early morning-ish TV show. And stay. they're going to Chicago. They're going to stay overnight. And there's like a Mr. Penny and a Ms. Wheaton, I think, I believe, who are the, the choir. He's the choir master, I guess, and she's the assistant. And there's some kind of rumbling that they might be having an affair, mainly from Ralph. And uh, and everyone's excited about going there. Mr. C kind of tells uh, Richie, you know, be careful. Chicago's a rough town. They go to Chicago. And upon arriving in the hotel room, the first thing they want to do is head on out to a burlesque club or somewhere or other. And they end up at a place probably called the Blue Pelican. But if you look, it has a... If I don't know if it's meant to be the same place, but there's a montage where you see a bunch of um, uh, clubs. And I think it's... Is it the Blue Angel or the Blue... If I see it when it comes up, because I have the episode playing here, I'll tell you. But you see it's like the Blue Angel or something. And then suddenly they're in the Blue Pelican. And they stay there, and they're having a good time, and they're watching some guy. There's, there's a great blousy... Um, uh, a waitress in sort of one of those very short skirts with like the nylons and it's who's a little distracting in the background of one scene and there's a guy named like Jay Jackie Silver who's the comedian and the guys have six ginger ales each which seems excessive to me and they end up with a bill of $36 now they have the money and Potsy has a money belt that he's going to wear um, but he leaves the money belt. He left the money belt back at the hotel. So Ralph and Potsy go back to the hotel to get the money. Richie is left as collateral. And unfortunately, Ralph and Potsy get caught by Mr. Penny sneaking around. Well, well, they're not, they don't actually get caught sneaking around yet. Um, they get caught sort of dressed up as if it looks like they might be going out. And he says, don't you go anywhere. So it's like, oh, no, what are they doing? Is, is Richie going to get roughed up by the owner of the Blue Pelican? I don't know. Huh. Well, here we are, the last episode. Let's take a drink. Ah. I said this is sort of an amalgam of things we've seen before. Um, Bringing home sort of a hot, blousy gal, uh, well, or into a hotel. um, uh, Sneaking around late at night. uh, Going to a club that they're not supposed to be at. um, uh, Trying to uh, fake IDs. It really is kind of, um, w- w- yeah, it, combining all that. Uh, and, and and I mean, possibly because this is the last episode that is like this. The very next episode, Fonzie Moves In, is going to be the multi-camera in front of a live studio audience. And they won't be able to do stuff like the really nice crane shot where you see... Um, everyone in Jefferson High School like leaving and walking out. You see this guy with this strange handful of little boxes, which are box lunches, and then the camera kind of goes back, back, 
cranes over the top of the school bus and down and then you see everyone around the school bus and the guy walks up with the box lunches and Fonzie calls Richie over and everyone is right there that's a big great crane shot of the likes uh, we will not be seeing as far as I remember I take that back some of the episodes where they go like when they go to Hollywood and they go to the dude ranch and I'm sure when they do the crossover with Laverne and Shirley there's probably more of that uh, or maybe there isn't. I honestly don't remember. Well, we're learning as we go. We're finding out as we as we skip through the show here. So, uh, yeah. There's a bit of sort of everything that the show has done. And uh, so, so I, I'd like to actually see this as sort of like a retrospective. Like we're saying goodbye to this format of the show. And here's everything this format did and, and, and did pretty well. Uh, there's no Joni, I believe. I'm blanking now, but I don't think there's Joni. Mrs. Seagis gets a brief moment. Mr. Seagis gets a little bit more. Fonzie gets one scene where he wants Richie to get him some grease from a garage on the north side of Chicago. That was the site of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Turns out that the Fonz collects grease. I love that concept. I don't think that ever comes up again. But he has concept from all over the U.S., which is awesome i think he said like something from scarsdale new york or something was his most prized possession or a honolulu I, I forget what it was but that's pretty cool i think that it's a pretty cool concept that he collects grease uh now i don't think there's any way shape or form that richie could have actually got to there because they they arrive uh they arrive at, at 6 p.m into chicago at, at and when they get to the hotel it's already dark out uh, so 6 p.m. or Well, maybe it's not 6 p.m. Maybe they were late. I was going to say 6 p.m., already dark out. If this is like September, nah, there'd still be some light. So, But, uh, yeah, maybe this is... Well, um, Mitzi, the, the gal from the... She does wear like a kind of a almost wintry jacket. So I'm, I'm placing this late 58-ish. Not too late, not winter late. Because in Chicago, it would be super... There'd be snow. It would be much colder. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's them hitting Chicago and just uh, like I said, getting up to the sort of shenanigans they've gotten up to before, but they won't be able to get up to quite like this again, due to the format changing. So let's let's talk the episode. Richie is is as as everyone's singing the battle hymn of the Republic in the choir. He has to come up with some sort of america we did this that and the other thing i don't know what he's saying he's he's up to some this is this is 1975 a year before the bicentennial so we were about to go bicentennial crazy i forget exactly what it is but there's they they say there's like a bet on where richie won't be able to finish his speech before they're done with a song um this is an interesting one with potsy because ralph is now officially taken on Potsy's role from the most of the first season. He's the one who's like, he grabs the guy and he's like, we should go here, we should go here. Lily St. Cyr, who was an actual burlesque dancer for decades through the 40s, 50s, into the 60s, uh, and has a very interesting life. If, if you look up her life, she um, she was in um, Teaserama and is it Striparama? Oh, hell, I forget. The, 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 um, Oh, the Irving Claw. No, Ver, Ver, Verities, Ver, Verities, and Teaserama. I think I think those are the two that feature um, Betty Page because there used to be a disc 
Well, something weird video put out a kick-ass, like, double-disc burlesque, crazy-ass burlesque. Pardon me, I don't know where my mouth... I'm talking burlesque. I went a little naughty. Um, burlesque set. And they actually put out a long time... And they, they, oh, and they put out the two Irving Claw films on DVD, which are interesting to watch. I mean, they're just... They're burlesque films. They're they're attractive women in, you know, um, uh, lingerie and, and high heels and, and, you know, stockings and, and, and such, dancing around and sometimes getting naked, sometimes not quite. And there was actually... And this, this is only a tangent I'm taking because... Um, the guys want to go to a burlesque house and this, that. Although they actually end up going to a club where there seems to be no burlesque at all. It just seems to be this old guy telling bad jokes. Although his one joke about um, something like, write down your favorites, folks, and I'll, I'll say them again uh, later on. Uh, something like that. Um, uh, what What is I? Oh, be, my, my favorite line in the episode is actually what I've wasted the best recesses of my life on you, which Mrs. Wheaton says to Mr. Penny in the end when they're caught having their affair, which is a great line. Uh, I think that was the line. And more or less that line. Um, but the, uh, oh, I was going to say, oh, and I lent this disc to someone a long time ago and I never saw it again. There was a laser disc, and I'm sure they probably done something like this on DVD or Blu-ray, but it was called like the Betty Page Encyclopedia. And I know Betty Page isn't Lily Sincere, but she was in those those Irving Claw movies. But I had the, and it was literally it was it was a two hour long yeah, it was two hour long laser disc, because that's how long a laser disc could be with both sides. And it was her scenes from the two Irving Claw films and all like the like the eight millimeter, the loops that they had. Oh, it was a great freaking disc, and I actually lent it to a woman I was going out with when the disc came out, and we broke up, and she kept the disc. Eh, there you go. So that was my little burlesque aside, but these guys are talking about burlesque, and Ralph is getting really naughty. I mean, the last episode, we, we got a lot of Ralph talking about, like, um, playing touch football with the girls' hockey team and just, um, you know... Um, you know, making the most of every touch kind of thing. And in this one, he, he brings that up again, that he's, you know, how does he, um, you know, he, it seems like he knows what Mr. Penny and Mrs. Wheaton are up to. And he says, that's because, he doesn't say he's dirty. I forget how he describes it. I'm naughty. I'm, I'm you know, uh, yeah, and that's Ralph. And I think that's the way all the guys are. But it's sort of like Ralph is the mastermind behind this. Richie is just kind of the the young, innocent-looking young guy who smiles a lot and says, yeah, I'll go along. I'll do it. I'll do it. And Potsy, this is the, I think, the first episode where we really get the groundwork for um, stupid Potsy. Now, we had Potsy, like I said, we had Potsy being Potsy in, in the first season. In the second season, he's become more of, um, you know, sort of, it's been him and Ralph. And, um, yeah, Potsy will become very dumb as time goes on. Very dumb. And, and you sort of see it here at points where, um, like, th there's a... You, you see the thing he does, like, where he's stealing all the stuff from the hotel room. And just, everyone, it's like, don't do that. Don't steal. No, it's fine. I'm going to steal this. That's fine. And he just is like, it's funny, Potts, but you're dumb. And there's a point where, look, at this is one of those thousand finger beds. And Potsy drops a coin in, and he's on the bed, and he goes, I don't know, this is a ripoff. This only feels like 800 fingers to me. And he says it in such a way where you, for a split second, think he's goofing, but he's not goofing. He's being serious. And even the laugh track is like, ha 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 ha. Yeah, even the laugh track isn't so, because this will be a Potsy thing. Potsy will begin to say, 
dumb things as we go along that will become yeah that that will be very dumb and and that's just Potsy's thing with the biggest dumb ah, I don't know I, I, I I'm gonna I was want to say in my heart with the biggest dumb moment being that he doesn't take the money belt along when they go out to this club so when they expect it to be like five bucks and it turns out to be 36. You know, Patsy's like, I didn't bring the belt. You told me that Chicago was a rough town, so I didn't bring the belt. And it's like, oh, why, oh, why, Patsy, no. <sighs> Sigh. But you know, Ralph's fun in it, and they have some shenanigans where they pretend like Richie and Ralph are in the bathroom together when Mr. Penny shows up. And uh, there's a nice moment in the end, which, like, even if this... I don't want to say this feels like a throwback because it doesn't feel like a throwback because Ralph is acting the way Ralph's been acting this season. Patsy is sort of projecting himself to the future. Richie is acting like Richie. But there is a moment where when Richie, they kind of are able to zing Mr. Penny because Mr. Penny is going to get them in a lot of trouble for bringing this woman up to the room and they they left the hotel. Um, but then they see her with him with Ms. Wheaton and, and, you know, more or less Richie's like, yeah, you know, we won't, you know, we won't tell anyone about this and da 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 as long as we, you know, don't get in any trouble. And Mr. Penny's like, okay, we'll forget all about this, boys. And and Ralph says something like when they go back into the hotel room, Ralph says something like, um, Ralph says something like, oh, you know, being a good friend with Fonz or all the time you spend with Fonz really paid off. So that's cool because that's a reference to their being the pals together, which I which I really like. Yeah, the the thing with this episode is there isn't, isn't a ton to say. You know, Richie has a close call when it turns out. Spoiler that the comedian actually owns the club and is is almost roughs Richie up but then Mitzi says I'll go back to his hotel with him I'll get the money and I'll bring it back to you tomorrow then of course Mr. Penny shows up and um you know some of it just just the way they present the um uh Mr. Penny and Ms. Wheat you know it's like okay what is our itinerary we're leaving at three we're getting there at six you're all going to rest we'll get up at seven we'll be there at nine we'll leave in at twelve uh we'll be back here at whatever is and it's it what it reminded me of was a TV movie I saw uh, not too long ago Kenneth Johnson's Senior Trip, which has a scene in a bus where there are like uh, you know tons of students and it's like this woman gives this long you know thing of of the do's and don'ts of what the trip is and then busts off into like a dozen different storylines. So this has a very much three years before Animal House sort of pre but much calmer and is kind of up to something else kind of uh it's it's funny because it's a precursor to that sort of thing but it's actually just kind of a fallback to old style you know um we don't have the money how are we gonna we're gonna get in trouble kind of thing at restaurants it's a 43 a 43 is not gonna pay the check 44 which ralph coins is we want to pay the check but this dummy left the money back in the hotel room boom I am going to miss the single camera thing. Uh, sort of like like the sequences where um uh, where Penny is 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 berating them, and the three of them are kind of lined up, and as he's at, at kind of uh, looking aghast, and it's almost like the um that scene in Final Exam with the sheriff. These three boys are looking at a bad end, and you see um radish 
and and wild man and um the guy who needed the 83 or whatever to pass i forget i forget brian no i forget what his name was kind of standing there in the frame looking uncomfortable and and there's the thing like the the way they use the hotel room and the hallway and and the close-ups and the the rack focus and the uh jumping back and forth and cutting back and forth and master shots it's I'm going to miss that um, because once it goes to um, multi-camera, it, it's obviously it's it's it will then be shot like a play, which we have to sort of capture in frame rather than um, uh, the single camera. I am I am going to miss it. I don't. Jeez, I I wish I had more to say about this episode. Mrs. C uh, does mention that all the box lunches are stale whenever you take a bus trip, which is when you see the box lunch man, you're like. Gosh, I hope they just made those. That would be great if they just made those. Why not? Uh, let's see. And they show they keep showing um, uh, uh, stock shots of Chicago, and I keep trying to look at to see if I can catch sort of what um, it says on all of the marquees and things. But uh, co-starring Aaron Moranis, Joni is Aaron. Sorry, sorry. Is is she? Give me a second. Yeah, Joni's not in this episode. That was like. You know, no more Wendy, no more Marsha. I think that was like the Gloria thing where, you know, oh, this is the last episode of Gloria. What was that episode? It was like, I, I can see hide nor hair of Gloria. And it's funny, the last, the previous episode was about sort of, you know, Richie making out with gals and talking about with gals and things and this one is going out to the burlesque place i mean this is what i said i think at the very start that that the show is kind of throughout most of the second episode it's basically these guys trying to get laid or trying to get kisses at least um you know did i go too far i don't know uh, but uh that that's kind of what it is you know and variations of that and this is oh my gosh we're in a town that's got a lot of burlesque and things and we want to enjoy it let's enjoy it you know and and um let me just uh, a few other things oh the ten thousand bottles of beer on the wall um uh ralph is put in char- is made like bus monitor and he has them sing a hundred bottles of beer and then he makes it to ten thousand bottles of beer which really wears out their voices um i like the little sort of um urine test cup that um fonzie gives ralph I like the um, the way the Fonz is sort of leaning against the bus as they start singing 10,000 bottles of beer. And then when they get into, you know, um, 9,999 bottles of beer on the wall, 9,999 bottles of beer, the Fonz kind of looks at them, nods, and walks away. And that's the last time we see the Fonz here. It's interesting that, that they developed the Fonz so much and Mr. C so much and everything, but this episode is about the three guys. I mean, I guess that's the the premise is the high school guys and the Fonz and, and everyone else are really supposed to be extraneous to that kind of. And this episode is one that kind of steps up to the plate, and says that or does or does that doesn't say that does that but that's really not what the show's going to become more ensemble when it goes multi-camera it, it basically what, what's going to happen so yeah it's it's fun to it's a fun episode i think it's a good episode to close out the season there's a weird moment at the end where when they they are able to save themselves from Mr. Penny. It fades out, and then it goes to the tag scene at the very end. And instead of like them being back home, or it being the next day, or it being them at the co- the the place they're going to sing, it's such a MacGuffin who nobody gives a crud about 
what they're going to sing. You know, it actually, it, yeah, instead of going to some other, jumping ahead in time, it actually goes to right from that moment, but inside the hotel room. And the three of them come back in and they talk. And uh, there's a couple of jokes and then a pillow fight breaks out. And then as the pillow fight is happening, and it seems like, oh, these innocent guys in 1950s, from 1950s Milwaukee, you know, just having fun doing a pillow fight, and it dissolves to that stock shot that we saw of Chicago, and then it goes to another shot, st- shot of Chicago, and then it ends, which is slightly weird, because it gives that feeling that um, the sh- <laughs> like why I, I you know I, I why why would they go into like the heart of Milwaukee or, or something like that because it, it gives a feeling like all right now they finally made it they're in Chicago and the season ends it's a little bit of a weird moment because it doesn't quite I, I don't maybe it wasn't meant to be the end of season but because it is end of season it just feels like a slightly odd moment we're ending here like with a little montage of Chicago which is a show that's supposed to be set in whatever but. Yeah, so that's the end of season two, and I think that's all I have for this episode. I, it's a good episode. Um, it's a good season. I think overall, I think it's a very good season. Um, I don't know that we had any duds. We had a few that I wasn't enamored of, uh, and the the season starts off kind of in the vein of season one, but then begins to kind of bend it and to go in different places. But then somewhere about two thirds of the way in the season, it be kind of gets, it be kind of goes, begins to kind of go. Where am I? Where am I right now? I think I'm a little giddy because I got to the end of the second season. I apologize. I will collect my thoughts. <sighs> it begins to kind of go to places that feel more like the first season, but generally adapting it to the second season characters. So yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. It is more sitcom-y than the first season. So the first season and the second season are very different from the third season on. But the first season and the second season are also very different from one another. And the, the first season, they did really feel more like short films. The second season featuring Richie. Yeah, the second season, it's a bit more ensemble and they're a bit more sitcom-y. But um, not in a bad way, because I quite enjoyed it. I don't want to ramble on too much. Um, I hope you enjoyed me talking about these seasons. I mean, we know at this point that... Um, oh, wait one minute. Blue Angel. Yep, the Blue Angel. Yeah, is is the is the club that we see right before they go into the Blue Pelican. Uh, so I don't want to... Yeah, I don't want to go overboard here on my sort of overall critique of the season because I've already talked about it uh, all the way through. Where are we? Um Year-wise, I say we start off in... I I forget where I said we start off in. I I think I said we start off in, like, late 57, and, and then we get Halloween and, and... Or is that 58? I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. I'm going to say we go from 57 to 58 with a strange jump back to, like, 56 at one point or something, or 55. But I'm going to say right now we're... I don't know. Um, autumn, 58? I don't know. I, I was in the choir when I was in grade school. And uh, we did do choir things. Not we weren't on television, but we did choir thingies where we traveled around. But they were always day things. We never stayed overnight anywhere. So the weird thing about the six ginger ales is when she says that you had six ginger ales each, there's only they only have one glass apiece on their table. And there's no sign of any burlesque thing. It's just this one comedian 
So so it ends up and and the Potsy what it has a book of the month club card that's his fake ID uh, which doesn't work and I thought they had fake IDs from the first season. Yeah, it's it's a weird moment with the um the ginger ales because it doesn't it doesn't quite look right. Like they drank six ginger ales, but I'm 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 going off on a tangent because I, I saw this here. But that's yeah, I think it's a very good season. I think that overall it's a it's a very strong season. I th- I think they they got a lot of great stuff. Everyone's doing really well. The funds, the development of the funds is great. The development of the funds and Richie relationship, the development of the funds with the Cunningham family is awesome. I don't know where the heck Chuck went. Um, Godspeed to you. Potsy's getting dumb. Ralph is getting wackier, and uh, Marsha and Wendy show up and gone. Gloria shows up and is gone, and that's the second season of Happy Days. As as we know, the the ratings were kind of tanking it a bit uh, at this point, um, and so that's why they rejiggered the show for what we will talk about when we talk about season three. And and that was so popular that what like four or five months later we get the first spinoff of the show so yeah so so what they do works it works popularity wise i know there will be folks who will probably jump off of here saying saying the you know there there are folks we can argue about when it's the jump the shark episode hits which is going to be a long time from now but there will be other folks who will say that the show jumps the shark the moment fonzie moves in Eh, it becomes a different show. I, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, and Doctor Who becomes a different show every few years. So, I don't mind it. But, yes. So, thank you again, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, Rockin' All Week with You, Happy Days Podcast. And um, I will, I'm going to take a little little bit of time off, and um, I will be back. If, if, you're, if you're listening to Season 3 right now, and, and, and this is long after... Uh, late December 2019 you, you don't have to worry about time being taken off but uh, anyone listening in late December 2019 I'm going to take some time off before, uh, before I start season 3 but thank you so much for listening and you can uh, you can uh, leave a comment over on VentureSuperTrainerBlogspot.com Danny Slacks D-A-N-N-Y S-L-A-C-K-S at Yahoo.com uh, you go on Addy Supertrain 1 uh, if you want uh and just yeah just thank you so much everyone for listening and um geez i don't want to go but i have to because i think i'm done so um listen to this and we will reconvene shortly for season three talk to you then monday monday happy days wednesday happy days thursday friday happy days the weekend comes my cycle hums Sky, hello blue. There's nothing can hold me when I hold you. Feel so right, it can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long.